Hi, this is Julie DeCaro. I'm a senior writer and editor over at Deadspin. If you like sports, like I do, make sure that you check out Pro Sports Podcasters, one of the most fun podcasts around. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the ProSource Podcasters. My name is Neen Wallace-Bruce, a.k.a. NWB, and I'm joined with Corbett Rong, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? I'm solid, buddy. Solid. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. We have a guest joining us from within the province. She's uh, over in Ottawa. She's the host on TSN Radio out there. She's the host of this show called She's Got Game, and she also has her own podcast. So we're going to get into that and more. It's Michaela Strider. Michaela, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to have you on. Now, Michaela, tell us a little bit about how you got into where you are today. Oh, that's a good question. It, uh, I'm going to make myself sound really old, but uh, back when I was in college, I went to college actually in Toronto at Humber College. I was taking uh, the public relations program there and they always talked about like, you know, get your writing samples out there, start a blog. It was like 2012. So everyone was starting blogs. And so that's what I did. I started a really crappy uh, sports blog and just wrote about whatever was on my mind and absolutely no one read it and that's fine. Um, But that led to me getting a a writing gig with um, Silver Seven Sons, which was the SB Nation blog for the Ottawa Senators at the time. It still is. And I wrote for them for a couple of years. And then uh, Ian Mendez, who's a, uh, many people know him. He covers the Ottawa Senators, works for The Athletic now. Uh, at the time, he was on TSN 1200 here in Ottawa. And he started a show called uh, Advanced Chats. And he would bring on bloggers to talk about the Ottawa Senators. And um, he invited me on the show. And we had a great conversation. And, and he really liked me. And um, I guess I didn't scare anybody away. Uh, so he had me on a couple times. And that led to uh, TSN 1200. It, it, Ian had myself and, and a woman named Shyla Onwer on to talk about you know being female sports fans. And TSN 1200 really liked us. So they offered us uh, a show. And so we started doing a show called That's What She Said on TSN 1200 in Ottawa. It was on for about four years until the pandemic hit. And then many shows were kind of let go around that time. Uh, so I continued doing some work with TSN 1200, just like filling in here and there. Uh, and then about a year and a half ago, Robin Flynn, who is, uh, my regular co-host based in Montreal, she had created the idea for a a show dedicated to women's sports called she's got game. And, uh, they reached out to me to see if I wanted to be a co-host and I jumped at that opportunity. Um, and, uh, uh, Robin has since gone on, on Matt leave. So my current co-host is Vanessa Sanchez, but, uh, yeah, we've been on the air, uh, on the air ever since talking about women's sports. So it's a, a long and kind of winding and, uh, weird, uh, path, but, uh, that's, that's how I got here. Nice. Love to see stories like that. Um, it's sad that SB Nation's going through what it's going through at the moment, but, um, yeah, I guess it's sometimes that's how it goes. We record on t- the day that Brianna Stewart signs in New York with the Liberty. How huge is that 
for for the game and also for the liberty in the WNBA. Oh, it, it's massive, uh, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take off my Seattle Storm hand, uh, fan hat for just a <laughs> minute because I'm very sad. <laughs> um, but if I could be objective about it, this is this has been uh, it's just such a monumental off season for the WNBA, and Brianna Stewart going to New York is kind of the culmination of what has been the formation of two like super teams between the Las Vegas Aces and now the New York Liberty. Um, you know, we, it started with John Quill Jones going to the New York Liberty from the Connecticut sun. Obviously they already have Sabrina and Eskew. Uh, they've, they've already got a number of others, like great players. They had the rookie of the year a couple of years ago, Michaela Onionware. Um, they've got DD Richards and now they've got Brianna Stewart and like they have formed a juggernaut. And then over, you know, West of New York, the Las Vegas Aces brought in Candace Parker to an already stacked championship roster. So, like to, to see Stewie go go to New York was one thing, but then when you look at it in the context of like we've got two super teams uh, now who are now formed, and you know still some some very competitive teams, and you know I, I still think Connecticut's still a great team, and uh, you know Chicago's certainly got some questions now that Park Candace Parker's gone and Courtney Vanderslip's gone, but you know it was it was certainly a, a big day for the WNBA, and I think it was just a lot of people were happy to know it's kind of like ripping a band-aid off like you know stewie's been tweeting uh, emojis for the last couple of weeks making us all wonder what the hell's going on and now now at least we finally know where she's going and i think it just it it makes it you know that much more exciting looking forward to the regular season but uh this has been just a, a whirlwind of an off season so far for the wnba mm. Well, yeah, we can't wait, and we can't wait for the preseason game in Toronto. I, I take it you'll be there? Absolutely, I will be. It's going to be a busy weekend for me. I've got Blink-182 tickets in Montreal for the Friday night, right and then I've got to drive straight down the 417 for six hours, or 401, sorry, for six hours uh, to get to Toronto the next day. But yeah, I will absolutely be there. I'm so, so excited. I think, you know, the, the time for Toronto to have a WNBA team is yesterday, um, but I'm, I'm hoping that this is just like a them testing the waters and then hopefully it leads to uh, a team in Canada eventually. Cause I think that the appetite is certainly there and uh, it, it would be so great to see a, a WNBA team in Toronto. Absolutely. Yeah. I think given the success of the Raptors themselves and the amount of interest that Canada in general has for that market, a women's team in Toronto makes complete sense to me, but we'll see how things progress. Now, a lot of people, when they look back and they think of eras of specific sports, they generally think of rivalries. Do you think the development of basically two super teams in the WNBA will really boost its interest widespread? I, I think so. It, it's hard not to when you've got so many stars on two teams in particular, right? This is an opportunity for the broadcasters to, you know, um, put these games on national TV, put promote the hell out of them. Mm hmm. Because you've got the biggest names, like honestly, between these two teams, you've got some of the biggest names in the entire league. Um, and at the end of the day, that's how that's how you market your sport, right? You really have to market the players. And I think the WNBA is getting that. And much like the NBA is starting to understand that you need to market your players first. You need to market your players as, as people, as personalities. And I, I think that now that you've got these big superstars on these two teams, it certainly creates more interest for for you know those matchups in particular, but also anytime New York, the New York Liberty are playing, I think it's it's prime time TV now, right? Because they've got some of the most dynamic and electric players uh, in the league, and then same with same with the Las Vegas Aces. So I think it it 
gives more incentive. You know, we often say it's one thing to put WNBA games on TV, which we're seeing more and more of, and that's awesome. But you have to market them. You have to promote them. Otherwise, you know, people don't know when to watch. And it's even easier to do that now that you've got so many stars on these two teams. So, yeah, I think, you know, the rivalry will definitely develop naturally. I feel like you're Mm -hmm. probably going to see these teams compete back and forth for the one, two spot during the regular season. And then, you know, geez, who knows what happens in the playoffs. But um, I think uh, it only stands to benefit the WNBA. Now in researching a little bit of your history, I, I understand that is hockey your first love? Yes. Yeah. First and original love for sure. Do you follow the PHF? I do. Um, I, I, again, I'm, I'm relatively new to the PHF uh, because it, like going way back to when it was the CWHL and the NWHL, I was closer to the CWHL and didn't follow the NWHL quite as closely. But I've been uh, now now that they've added some Toronto or sorry some Canada teams, mm-hmm. I'm definitely been getting more and more into it. We've had some of the players on our show, and um, it's uh, starting to get more and more coverage and and more being more accessible, which is great. So yeah, I've, I've kind of slowly over time gotten more and more into it. So I mean. How do you see it as a another option for women coming out of, say, college who have pursued hockey as one of their kind of passions to have something like that available to them here in North America? I think it's so important, right? Like we we need a uh, professional women's sport, a hockey league for the best players in the world to play in. And you know, the, I know there's long been this rhetoric of um, you know used to be CWHL versus NWHL, and now it's PWHPA versus PHF. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly understand, and, and I'm, I'm you know I, I cover the PHF or sorry the PWHPA as well, and I understand the the argument that. You know, we need one league where all the best players are going to play. But I've, I've, and I used to think that, but if I'm being honest, I've kind of slowly changed my tune on that over the last little while because I think more roster spots and more opportunities for women to play hockey is always a good thing. And, you know, we've seen the PHF grow exponentially and, you know, increase their salary cap by, I think it's like 700% in the last like couple of years. Um, like it's, it, you know, they've been growing like, like crazy and, and clearly they have a business model that's working for them. And if that's creating more opportunity and, and more opportunity to watch women's hockey and more opportunity for these players, I think that's a great thing. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think at the end of the day, more teams, more roster spots, more options for these players is always a good thing. So I'm in favor of, of anything that uh, leads to that. Right on. Yeah, um, absolutely. And i got to ask, do you lean towards the Montreal Force or the Toronto Six? Or are you, <laughs> are you impartial? That's a great question. Um, as a resident of Ottawa, I am constantly torn when, when the cwhl was around i was a Le canadien fan of montreal uh, that's who i covered uh with the ice garden actually on sb nation and that's you know that's where murray philippe poulin played at the time so i always kind of had a soft spot for them and as a result I, I i'm a little i feel the pull towards montreal and the montreal force i'm also a huge Anne sophie bete fan and I and she's playing there, so I'm, you know, I I, I do kind of feel that, but at the same time, the Toronto Six are so entertaining. Soraya Tinker, in particular, is is a, a like wildly dynamic and entertaining player. Um, Lindsay Eastwood has been on our show a number of times, so I'm I'm a big fan of of some of their players. And I realize I'm not really giving a solid answer, <laughs> but that is to answer. say, exactly. yeah. I hope both teams have fun. <laughs> Very appropriate for Ottawa. Now, yeah. um, 
We're also in a, a World Cup year. The Canadian national team is heading down under to Australia and New Zealand. I believe they just named a squad for their upcoming tournament. What can we expect from them coming up in the next few months? Yeah, this is good. this is a really exciting year. You know, Canada is the defending uh, Olympic gold medal champions. So I personally think they should be heavily favored in this year's World Cup. Unfortunately, the odds makers don't agree with me. Yeah. And I think they've placed them at like ninth or something in, <laughs> in the odds to, to win the World Cup. And I, that just makes no sense to me because they're ranked sixth in the world. And again, they just won the the, Olymp- the Olympic gold medal. So I this is one of the – a lot of people have said – particularly up the middle, uh, this is one of the best Canadian squads that we've seen in a long time. And, you know, you've got a number of players who were, were on the Olympic team and were a part of that. You know, Jesse Fleming, Vanessa Gill, obviously Christine St. Clair is still there, Jordan Heidema, Janine Becky, um, there, Kaylin Sheridan, who's arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. It has taken over for the Minister of Defense, Stephanie Labe. And I, I just think there's so much to be excited about on this Team Canada. And we're going to get a, a closer look at that uh, during the She Believes Cup. You mentioned the roster was announced today. And uh, so we'll see them uh, face off uh, uh, against the U.S. And uh, I believe it's Japan and Brazil uh, in February. So those are some pretty good measuring sticks to get a sense of where this team's at and how you know how they'll compete with some of the, the, the top teams uh, in the world. But I, I definitely think that they should be given some respect in terms of uh, the the odds in the World Cup because I think this is such a great team. That's not to say that like you know England is also uh, I, I think sh- should be heavily favored to dethrone U.S. Uh, they won the Euros last year. They're having a great they had a great 2022 and they've got a really strong squad. Obviously the U.S. is the U.S. and and they're number one and very dominant all the time. But they've struggled a lot uh, to finish 2022. They went on a three game losing streak for the first time since like '93. So I think that if, if there was ever a time to take away the World Cup from the U.S., it might be this year. And uh, I think Canada it should absolutely be in the conversation of the team to do it. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. So hold on, Michaela, you're in public relations, right? I, I am. Okay, so I think what it comes down to is a matter of perception and marketing because I'll put it this way. If the United States team had won the Olympics, you would see a number of their top players in quite a few different commercials and different things that are being promoted since that time. Whereas with the Canadian team, you almost see nothing. Now that could just be marketing dollars in Canada, could be any number of things, but obviously the the public relations department, whoever's behind it, isn't doing a good job there. And I think that's why we get looked down upon so often in those kind of tournaments. That, that's a really good point. Like the, you know, a, a good comparison too, and just within Canada alone is look at the way the men's team was marketed versus the way the women's team is marketed. And, and you know, it's not to take anything away from the men's team. You know, they made the World Cup for the first time in like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so exciting. But, you know, you've got a women's team who per- consistently makes the World Cup and competes in the World Cup has hosted the World Cup and just won the Olympic gold medal. And you don't see anything. Nothing. You know, Christine, you put Christine St. Clair, she could sell anything in this country. 
and and that opportunity that, that um, no one's jumping at that opportunity. You can barely get a Christine St. Clair jersey, and if you do, she doesn't see a dime from it. Like it's is really frustrating the way that um, the Canadian women's soccer team is just not marketed. You're you're absolutely yeah. right, and yeah, on an international stage like that totally matters. And the U.S. women's national team, you know, as much as I think you know they they fought for for equal pay. They fought for equitable uh, support, and and it's certainly there's a lot of work to be done in that category. They are they are marketed much more heavily, uh, especially on the world stage. So yeah, I think that Canada should be jump. They, they missed an opportunity with the Olympics. If I'm yeah. being honest, we can't let that happen again with the World Cup. Yeah, no, it's, it just blows my mind sometimes. You know, like you get the initial you know, response to what happens, but then not even 30 days later, it's like it didn't happen. And that's just yeah. a problem we have in this country when it comes to sports, but women's sports specifically. Yeah, it's, um, actually, I gotta ask, Michaela, is Canada going to have a new jersey, like a new kit by then, <laughs> by the time of the World Cup? Because, no, seriously, the, the last men's World Cup, Nike, well, I don't know who, who it falls with, whether it falls with Nike or whether it falls with Canada soccer, but the men's team didn't have a new kit. Are the women going to get a new kit in time, do you reckon? That's a good question. Um, b- based on what I like, the, the way, again, that Canada soccer has promoted the women's jerseys alone, you would think a smart thing to do would be to to make a new kit and market it and sell it and get, you know, all the hype heading into the World Cup. Yeah, I want that new jersey because that's the, the smart thing to do. I don't know that I see them doing it. <laughs> um, and again, like it's it's been so hard to get a women's jersey at, like like to begin with. So I don't know if they would pour the resources into designing a new one and, and creating it and and uh, producing it and marketing it. I hope like I would love them to. I think that would be a, a really smart thing to do. Um, again, I think you should be doing that ahead of every major tournament because it's just an opportunity to sell some jerseys and why wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's just based on the way that they've treated the women's team f- from that standpoint, specifically around jerseys and, and marketing memorabilia. It's not looking overly promising, but but here's hoping that like you know we're starting to see the tide change in that area. And we are starting to see the tide change in another area in the sense that we're moving close to getting a professional women's league in Canada. I mean, the national team is clearly on another level doing their thing, but how important is it that we have a national league where players coming out of college or from youth systems can stay home and play professionally? I think it's huge. Um, the, uh, the announcement of the, the professional women's soccer league here in Canada was such a big one and such a long time coming, you know, again, the defending gold medal champions don't have a professional league in which their players can play in at home. And that's such a huge gap. And so the fact that that gap is going to be closed a bit, I think is massive that we've learned, we've seen, this is a soccer country. Canada loves soccer mm-hmm. and Canada's really good at soccer, especially on the women's side. So it makes sense that, that we should have clubs here, not only for these players to play in, but for fans to go and watch. I would love to go to TD place here in Ottawa, and watch a women's soccer game that hasn't been possible for Canadian soccer fans. And now we have that option, or we will have that option when the league starts in 2025. 
And I think that's just so huge. And, you know, to think that, that some of the players on the national team are not going to have to go to the States. They're not going to have to go overseas. They can play here at home. The opportunities that that's going to create for young players. And, and ultimately, it's going to continue feeding the Canadian national team system to ensure that, you know, not only are the, the players on the national team going to have somewhere to play, but also you're going to have a better development system for players of the future to make sure that Canada is, you know, consistently uh, among the top uh, in the world. So I think this is, it's good for so many reasons. It's so exciting and, uh, you know, it's a long time coming, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that it's finally uh, happening. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, you had mentioned earlier that you are a Seattle fan. How, how did that come about? Uh, Sue Bird. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the long and short of it is Sue Bird. I love Sue Bird. Worship the ground she walks on. Uh, she was the, the kind of catalyst for me getting into the WNBA. I just I fell in love with her. I thought she was so great. And uh, yeah, I naturally gravitated towards Seattle. So it's going to be a, a tough year. Not only do I have to adapt to no Sue Bird on the team for the first time, but now it's no Brianna Stewart either, so that's uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Did you play like hockey in co- in uh, college or no? I played hockey like I played hockey since I was about five. Um, didn't play in university; wasn't good enough to. Um, but I, I still like play rec league uh, to this day. So yeah, I've I've grown up playing hockey. And what's your NHL team? Uh, the Ottawa Senators. Okay, so you're you're a homer. I'm a homer, hundred <laughs> percent. I say I say with trepidation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Best best player ever for the Ottawa Centers. Ooh. Best player ever or my favorite player ever? Uh, give us both. I think the the best and most talented player to ever play for the Ottawa Senators is Eric Carlson, despite him not being there anymore and it being ultimately a short time. So he I, I put him as like the best player ever. I think my favorite player ever, and it might be an easy answer, is probably Alfie. Um, okay. and I, I, I don't think I, I appreciated Alfie as much. Uh, at the time, like, obviously, I loved him. Everyone did. It was just like a given. Um, and it wasn't until the later parts of his career. And then after he retired that, like, I really looked back and went like, man, it was so amazing having him as a member of the Ottawa Senators. So it's kind of like a, a retrospective favorite player, because if you had asked me at the time, I probably would have said Jason Spezza. Uh, and still, he's, he's one of my top fav- uh, players as well. But uh, uh, yeah, I got to say Alfie is just uh, such a big part of my childhood as a Sens fan and uh, so many like great memories. Yeah, I'd say Alfred is probably the heart of the team, really, when you think about it. Yeah. So it, that makes it that's a that's an understandable pick. I got to ask, so was, was Dan Ochera liked when he was there or no? I think so. From what I remember, yeah, I loved him. And, and he was kind of like the, well, we got Zidane, so we're good, right? Like, okay. you know, at a time in, in the NHL where, you know, um, we were facing off against the boss, the uh, Buffalo Sabres every single playoffs by the sounds of it. And, <laughs> you know, it was a much more physical game at times. You know, having Zidane there was just, yeah, I, I, I he, he was a, a, a just a, a staple and like very consistent presence on that team and and you know you ask any sense fan what one of the toughest moments in sense history was it'd be watching Zidane Chara walk um in favor of Wade Redden uh so I think that uh yeah he was he was very well liked here (laughs) in hindsight that's a pretty harsh leave right that's oh yeah (laughs) not the best meal it still hurts yeah it almost hurts as much as it does to get to try and get from Ottawa downtown to the to the arena um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have to bring that one up. Now, do you follow the 
Ottawa CPL team much? Uh, bloody Ottawa? A, a little bit, yeah. They, um, again, not like super closely, but uh, I know that you know they went to the championship this year, so uh, it was uh, it was pretty popular uh, around the city. Hmm. Indeed. And I guess it's um. I guess the CPL is also a sign of you build the league, the players will come, and the, the development comes from that stuff. So I, I feel like when that women's league starts up, that we're going to see the the, the fruit start to bear down the line so I'm looking forward to that just shifting gears I have heard some there's some rumblings of a women's professional basketball league starting up in Canada have you heard much about that Uh, to be honest I haven't but I I mean yeah I talked about the WNBA uh, coming to Toronto which I think would be amazing but you know basketball is also an area where women's basketball in particular I feel like Canada has got to capitalize on some momentum here um you know we, we've seen on the nba side a number of, of young stars come out of the toronto area mm-hmm. you know the carter effect all that we, we were well aware of you know the impact that the raptors have had on on men's basketball and we're starting to see that on the women's side you know right now if you look at the ncaa there are a number of great young female basketball players Aliyah edwards right now in uh in, at uconn is is killing it tisha me here uh, so many young young players in the NCAA who, like, I think are going to be stars in the WNBA one day are Canadian. So, like, I, I don't know much about a, a women's league specifically, but I think whether it's a team or a league, like, again, much like the soccer side, I think Canada's got to capitalize on, on, on some of this and, and start to give young, young women a, a place to play, a place to aspire to, um, but also, like, you know, build that fan base and start to feed that pipeline for, for the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, so, I mean, we've understood your affiliations with your, you know, TSN 1200 and that out there, but where can people find you on social media, Michaela? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. Uh, same thing on Instagram, at Shrides. And, uh, yeah, She's Got Game is on uh, TSN. Uh, it's on TSN Radio Network, so so uh, any TSN station. So you can check out, like, your local TSN radio station website and uh, and find the show there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Honestly, it's awesome having you on, Michaela. It was awesome uh, coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience. Where no sport is left behind.